I am Groot. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays uh, here on the Dill Pickle Movie Network every single Monday and on audio if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you for listening. We've had a lot of great listenership recently. I am one of your hosts, Dylan Randazzo, and I'm joined with the lovely... Why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> Thank you. I was thoroughly enjoying my well, I want intro. you to be the one to say your name. You know, like, it's your name. You own it, you know. And Dylan is joined <laughs> by the lovely, incomparable, beautifully talented Kelsey Kilpatrick, which is me. Uh, wait, I thought Adele Dazim was on the schedule. Whoops. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I didn't so. say wickedly talented, uh, Okay. okay? Sorry, I thought that's what you were going with uh, in that joke. Anyway, welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays, as we're calling it this month, Marvelous Mutant Mondays, or our X-May month of May. Um, Anyway, we're talking about X-Men all month uh, of May, uh, and a little bit of June next week will be our last uh, wrap-up before Loki starts. But this week we're talking about two classics, Deadpool and Deadpool 2. Um, uh, We're very excited uh, to dive right into that. But, as always, at the beginning of the show, we always bring in Marvel News, I will start with Marvel news because I think your Marvel news is a little bit more uh, relevant to this year and what's happening in the next few months, Kelsey. So my Marvel news is that Denai Guerrera has reportedly slated, um, is reportedly slated to headline an Okoye origin spinoff series. So we did it. The Dora Milaje is getting uh, their own series. At least she is, Um, you know, following the wake of Chadwick's passing and, you know, um, just not necessarily knowing what direction Black Panther's headed. It's nice to know that we're at least going to get a lot of good stuff from her. So, uh, Kelsey, you look very excited. <laughs> I am very excited. That's, <laughs> that's very that exciting. Yawn. No, I'm going to be covering. We're recording very late right now. It is way past my bedtime. Yes. <laughs> um, but this is the only time we could find. So every time I yawn, I'm just going to make it look okay. like I'm overly excited by putting yes. my hands over my mouth. But that is very exciting. Yeah, I well, had no idea. Have no idea. So yeah. <laughs> um, well, I just outed myself for the audio right. listeners. It's fine. Video listeners, you, they thought you were just going home. You, they thought you. We were pulling a stuff on you were just so excited um yeah it's exciting because you know we saw io a little bit in falcon and the winter soldier but still just like not enough to like feel like we got a lot out of their story but i do think it'll be interesting to get her uh perspective and point of view on everything yeah i guess that means then she's not taking up the mantle as black panther then because that's been a theory on people's radars yeah i mean i always assumed it would be shuri but who knows you know maybe Maybe they got other plans. Maybe it's someone completely new. Uh, who knows? You know, yeah. I, I think that'll be something fun to theorize once we get into trailers. Speaking of, though, I know what your news is, and I think your news is is what the talk of Marvel, uh, you know, the Marvel sphere, stratosphere is talking about right now. So, Kels, what's your news? It is the talk of the town right now, Dill. <laughs> the Eternals trailer or teaser trailer right. dropped um, four days ago. And yeah, I had so many people send this trailer to me because they knew I was going to be like ecstatic about it. I didn't because I figured, you know. <laughs> no, I know. No, you you know that I'm I'm you know I'm keeping up to date on things, yeah. especially. I, I don't. I, I the only thing I, I send you reminders of is if there's post credit scenes to like Falcon and the Winter Soldier episodes. So yeah, I still got you for that. But um, thank you for, the, thank for you, that Jill. stuff. I was like, you know, Kelsey's got this. She, she I appreciate knows it. it. 
<laughs> yeah, so we it's looking like super, super cool. I'm super mm -hmm. intrigued. I mean, all we basically got from the trailer was that these mythical, powerful, almost unearthly beings have been like kind of guiding the human race in the shadows and, and they're finally making their presence known in their lives. Right. That, that seems to be like the whole gist of the film. And then mm -hmm. right at the end, we got someone, one of the characters asked a question. I'm sure we've all been wondering since Endgame. Um, now that Captain Rogers and Tony Stark are both gone, who's going to lead the Avengers? One of the other characters replies, I could lead them. And then they all burst out in a laughter. Um, so they're immediately connecting it right into, we're jumping right into the events of what's happened in the last 10 years of this franchise. Yeah, and they're all sitting around eating a meal, which is somewhat a parallel to the Avengers eating the shawarma at the end of Oh, right, right, right. I, that's what I got from it right away. I was like, oh, that's No, nice. I love that um, connection. But this cast is great. I mean, you have very unconventional people playing superheroes. You know, Kumail is going to be in it. He got fucking ripped for it um, and really buffed for it. Um, you've got, you know, deaf representation. You've got um, Asian representation, black representation. You've got a lot of just mm -hmm. representation across the board. The lead character is Angelina Jolie, an older woman. Like it is really nice to see them kind of like push the boundaries a little bit on what their casting is going toward yeah, totally. uh, with Marvel for sure. Um, yeah. The one thing, the one qualm I had, um, Chloe Zhao just won two Oscars and her name is nowhere to be seen on the trailer. Oh, and I know there's been some stuff in China about certain things that I haven't really read up a lot on, but you know, for the U S and like considering how much of a hit, you know, with critics, Nomadland was. It won so many awards. She won two awards. She was the second woman ever win Best Director. I figured they'd kind of use that as part of their marketing because mm. this isn't as well known as a property as like a Spider-Man or an X-Men or, you know, Fantastic Four even. Like this sure. is going to be something that you're going to need to like reel in people who aren't Marvel fans with that they wouldn't necessarily be drawn to. Uh, so I thought that'd be a way to get some of those like art house fans, like cinephile type people in, but they didn't. Mm. So we'll see on the future trailers if her name's there, but... Yeah, maybe maybe this one was, you know, cut and edited and and all that before Oscars ha even happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it, it's just interesting because it is now, I think, enough time after the Oscars that they could have at least slapped it on. But that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe they had their trailer ready to go and they're they're fixing up a new one for another time. Um, it's actually nice. I went to the theater uh, recently to see. Uh, I saw Top Gun re-released in Dolby IMAX. It, it was amazing. Oh, okay. um, I've never seen Top Gun. It's great. Um, and they showed a trailer for Black Widow. And it was just like, I, I don't think I've ever watched the trailer for Black Widow. <laughs> like, Oh, really? I just, I, I just don't think I ever have. Because I think it was not quite being shown. A, a lot. It was not being shown a lot when I was in theaters before the pandemic. And then I didn't really watch it online during the pandemic. I just never felt the need to. Right. Um, and that looks good, too. So I, I'm excited for what they've got coming up, you know, between that Shang-Chi Shang and uh, Eternals. So good. I'm glad I mean, I'm glad you think Black Black Widow looks like it's going to be a good movie. <laughs> do you? Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. I've been seeing a lot of like teaser trailers for it and like bits and pieces, almost the same mm -hmm. way that we've been getting like little bits and pieces for Loki, like leading right. up to the Loki release. Right. So I don't know if I've seen like a real like official trailer for Black Widow, but I've definitely <laughs> right. seen a bunch of little ones, you know? Right. I feel like it just kind of a known thing. Like we're going to go see it no matter what people are going to yeah. go see it no matter what. It's the, the return to the MCU for those who didn't have Disney plus and didn't watch those shows, even though they've all been spoiled on TikTok anyway. Um, yep. Anyways, let's now go back in time a little bit to the subject of the day. Um, and that is Deadpool 
and Deadpool 2. A amazing character, first and foremost. We knew yep. this going in, but we're going to dive a little bit more into the movies themselves, starting with, of course, the OG Deadpool came out on Valentine's Day or two days before Valentine's Day um, in 2016? Yep. Wow. Okay, great. Nailed it, Dill. <laughs> Off the top of my head. <laughs> Very good. I'm impressed. And directed by Tim Miller. That's right. Tim Miller. Um, just a, a little thing before we start. I, I did preface this at the beginning of the show, but my Wi-Fi is a little laggy. So if I pop in and out, Kelsey will save the day, um, just like Wade Wilson, even though that's probably not a great comparison considering Wade Wilson isn't always the most reliable. But, you know, you know what I mean. You know what? If I'll take a comparison to Wade Wilson. I think he's a cool great. dude. Perfect. So, Kelsey, tell us a little bit about uh, Deadpool your little summary that you made, uh, just initial thoughts. Here it is. Um, (laughs) When Wade Wilson, a notorious hitman for bad guys, is diagnosed with cancer, he tracks down the man who treated him and left him looking grotesque. Yeah. I mean, and and you said it best, grotesque is the word. Um, I I think first and foremost, the thing that I most appreciate about this movie, even beyond the comedy itself and the casting and all that, is the actual design and the style mm. of the movie and his makeup and everything it like just works for this character you know this was their first time tapping into an r-rated movie uh for that franchise yeah so i think it's just really interesting to see them kind of just really embrace that and take it in we talked about it a little bit last week with logan if you haven't checked it out it was a great talk um a great conversation about logan last week but um we talked a little bit about how they had more freedoms with this R rating to kind of dive deeper into Wolverine as a character. I think this is the same thing. You know, they really took advantage of that uh, and it shows both with the comedy, but especially with the gore and the bloodiness and the, yeah. the gruesome, what do you say? Grotesque. Yeah. All that. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. This one was a lot more graphic than yeah. like any other superhero movie besides so, Logan. So what was like your first experience like watching Deadpool? Like, cause I know this is a rewatch for both of us, mm-hmm. both these movies, but like, your first time watching Deadpool, like, were you shocked? Did you know what to expect? Because it's a very different type of storytelling. I mean, to say I was shocked is probably an understatement. I mean, it's definitely, <laughs> like, a movie that's so self-aware about what it is. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, like, breaking the fourth wall. Like, I don't know. He just, like, delivers, like, everything, like, so effortlessly and, like, so perfectly. Like, all his all his little quips and jokes and and side comments and and all of that and it's just it's just it, it's it's a movie that says this is what it is take it or leave it and like i feel like a lot of people like took it and ran with it they were they were <laughs> stoked about this film yeah, and we'll definitely talk in, when we get to the second one about like just how far can you take it and i yeah. think this movie does a really good job of just like establishing who the character is um and again like i've always thought every actor has that one role that they're born to play you know yeah. what i mean and i think this is the role that he was born to play it's very clear because he is making it his own he is totally owning the role from the start uh, and it's a huge leap from x-men origins wolverine where we see him the first time he just doesn't look like he's having fun with the role his jokes aren't landing yeah he's not memorable only because he's Ryan Reynolds, we remember him. And mm-hmm. it's because these movies came out. You know, like, this is really where we see him shine in the role. And I think this is honestly what made more people take him more legitimately as an actor. Because I think before that, he really was kind of just the funny kind of rom-com, you know, just friends waiting, kind of like crude humor guy. But to really see him step into his shoes and not deliver just comedic chops, but dramatic chops too. Uh, I think it really helped his career for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree with you. The The fact that they elevated this character, I mean, 
I don't know the extent of how like Deadpool getting his own origin movies like came about because based (laughs) off of what we saw in, you know, X-Men Origins, it's incredible how they took this like background character and just like completely deconstructed it and like made it into something like so Mm -hmm. original and hilarious and and shocking, I guess. I almost almost wonder if enough of the comic book fans were displeased because mm. looking back at X-Men Origins, as someone who knows what Deadpool's supposed to be from these movies, it's very clear that they met, they fucked up that character. But I'm wondering now, like back then, before these movies even came out, if there were people who still knew who Deadpool really was and were upset and really complained, and then they fixed that they made these movies because of that. Maybe Ryan Reynolds himself was like, yo, I want to do this. Because he yeah, is, maybe. I think, one of the producers. Um and what I love the most, you kind of hinted at it earlier, is that it kind of pokes fun at the other X-Men movies. It kind of yeah. makes fun of the fact that there were some failures. X-Men The Last Stand, you know, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Like, some of those movies just weren't good. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into it again with the second one, too. They even go further with that. But it's a very meta humor, not just about franchises and superhero movies as a whole, which, you know, as much as we enjoy them and we love them, can sometimes be very cookie cutter. Um, so to see a movie literally be a little bit cookie cutter, but then comment on the fact that it is cookie cutter and that other movies are even more cookie cutter and that's kind of shitty and like making fun of other movies in their own franchise. I just think it's brilliant. And it almost yeah. worries me a little bit when they bring it to Disney, if they bring, cause they are bringing him. He's the one character that they're going to keep um, that they're not going to revamp or anything. So it'll mm. be interesting to see how he works in this new Disney era because I'll be honest, I'm a little worried <laughs> that, yeah, they're going to have to filter him some way, somehow. Maybe. The character yeah. that's supposed to like be so unfiltered. Mm. My, I love how you brought up the um the mentioning of the other X Men movies because I did write down that one moment that he has with when Colossus and Negasonic teenage what Warhead. It, Warhead. <laughs> I'm like, I was literally going to say like whatever her name is. Um, Who is a Negasonic badass, teenage but... Warhead? Yes, exactly. Like come to get him. He, uh, Colossus says, like, oh, let's go talk to the professor. And he says, McAvoy or Stewart? These timelines yes. are so confusing. And I'm yes. like, oh, my God. That is, like, I, he, he even says something like this at some point in the movie. It's like he's like, we're breaking a wall within within breaking the wall. That's like breaking 16, 16 walls. walls. Yeah. I'm like, that's exactly how I felt, like, in that mm-hmm. in that moment. It's just too yeah. good. It's, it's one of those movies, like, some comedies – I think comedies suffer the most from rewatchability because you know, the jokes, they're not Mm. as shocking. You know, you have to like, it has to be a really good joke to land every time. It's almost like the more quotable the comedy is the better. Um, And some comedies, if they're not that quotable, the jokes just kind of don't land over and over. But this movie, I think as soon as you start it, you're back in it and like, you can watch it endless amounts of times because the comedy is so perfectly chosen. You can tell they really worked the script through and really chose which material was really going to work the most and what wasn't and they do we'll, we'll get to the second one in a sec but you know um, yeah i do think they do a really good job uh really picking and choosing exactly what works and what doesn't um and, and i think we do have to talk about the fact that it is very funny but at its core it's a dark story and it's a really sad story mm-hmm. and i think that is honestly part of the reason why it is so good is not the comedy because the comedy you can do you can put r-rated sex jokes and sex humor in any movie you could do really put it in anything iron man if robert downey jr is spitting it people are gonna love it too but it's the fact that it works for this character because you do have reasons to love him as wade and as a lover and as this romantic um because his romance is just it's a beautiful romance and it's really mm-hmm. I, I love their relationship and i think uh marina bakarin 
uh, who plays, oh, what's her name? Oh my God. I'm Vanessa. Her name. Vanessa. I mean, I love their chemistry Yeah. because um, at first it's a little more playful sexual, but then there's a real bond there. Um, by the end, it's really this idea of yeah, it's the beauty and the beast thing. It's, it's, you know, looking past the the face and the yeah. ugliness and the grotesque um, and finding what's inside that I love. Um, and he doesn't have to change for her. And that's what I love. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still true to himself, but also can be true to her. Um, what are your thoughts on them? Cause I, I just love them. I love them. I love them so much from like the moment, like they're, they're like meet cute, I think is like the best in like cinematic history when they're just trying to like top each other about whose life has been shittier. It's like top each other quite literally as well. Yeah. Yes. Quite literally as well. I (laughs) honestly, that is like the best way I've seen the passage of time, just like banging in throughout different holidays. Like Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, like that's creative as hell. I was going to say, tech, if you know, some people, the way they qualify different Christmas movies is their own radars and stuff. But hey, if it's got Christmas in it, I can add it to the Christmas movie list. So I, I guess you could technically add this to the Christmas list, you know, of movies to watch during Christmas. Yeah, I guess. But or like Thanksgiving or, you know, any, you, you know, it's good to watch Deadpool any time of year. I don't care. Yeah, um, that's that's very true. Because what yeah. I was going to say, Dale, about like the comedy, what you were saying is like, not only are the jokes like they just feel fresh every single time because of how, you know, Ryan Reynolds and the cast, the bartender, I forget his name, but he's also like very funny. He TJ holds Miller, his yeah. own mm-hmm. in those scenes with Ryan Reynolds. He's uh, he's matching. He's meeting Ryan Reynolds the entire time. So yeah. he definitely deserves a shout out as well for being just a comedic genius in this movie. But it's also a movie where you can find a new joke to laugh out or laugh at, excuse me, or like just something shocking that you might have missed like before that something that happens like so quick or a line that gets said like so like like off like just like thrown away that like you're like, whoa, did he just say that? <laughs> like that's that's hilarious, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's also one of those which I think like makes this one like so much more rewatchable, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and they're and they're great little bits, like even in the drama they find little quips here and there, but they don't overpower it too. Like the scenes where he's getting tortured are really, really devastating. Like it's devastating and he does have his quips here and there, but they do Mm -hmm. know when to kind of like tame the beast when it comes to the comedy. Like I said, they pick and choose and it's really effective, um, especially in those moments because it makes you hate the villain more because it's kind of a cookie cutter villain. And it even says it in the credits. It's just like a British villain. Yeah. Um, You know, that's all he is. But I think because you have this painful thing happening and he's trying to make jokes, but his jokes just it's being overshadowed by this traumatic experience. I think it does work more in hating the villain because you just feel for him and you're like, no, I just want him to be happy and funny and love and all that. Um, So I think that definitely works in its favor. Um, Of course, you know, we have to talk about the team up between the three of them. Um, Colossus, uh, teenage Negasonic, Negasonic (laughs) teenage warhead. That's it. Uh, We're going to, we're going to, butcher that name all day um <laughs> uh, but but I, I think it's a really interesting dynamic you know because you've got colossus who's very like t- he's teacher mode you know because mm-hmm. at this point we saw a younger version of him in like x-men last stand it's now like he's he's the older guy now he's the storm and the the gene gray like he's the head of the you know school not yeah. head of the school but he's he's teaching one of the um, teachers yeah yeah and so he's trying to keep everything calm you know the girl with the long hard to recall name she's you know very focused on like the teenager stuff and they poke fun at that mm-hmm. um and then deadpool's deadpool and i think it's interesting because it's like this band of misfits that really doesn't work together well and then you have the cab driver as well um yes hilarious. he's hilarious i mean they really just pair him with the right 
pairings of people and groupings of people. I mean, his neighbor is hilarious. The blind neighbor who's oh. like a cocaine addict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Al. Al, Big Al, or Blind Al. Um, blind Al, yeah. <laughs> Big Al is, is uh, someone who used to live on our street or lives on our street that we call Big Al. Uh, he's a very sweet guy. Um, if you're listening, hey, Big Al. Shout out to um, Big Al. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it's, it's really great to see the people they surround him with because at the end of the day, he is the star of the show. Um, and you don't want people to overshadow him. And they should not put more importance on other people's stories than his. But it's nice to have a supporting cast that really helps the the hero and, and supports them throughout. No, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I love their team up because it's yeah. like the dynamics going on here. Mm-hmm. They're always interesting to watch. And Colossus does have a lot over him because every time he tries to like punch Colossus, he breaks a limb. So it's yeah. like... It's not just this power dynamic and age and like, you know, precedence and like authority, but it's also a power dynamic. Like he is, uh, he essentially could beat Deadpool up and he's one of the only few who probably could, um, which is interesting uh, as well. Um, (laughs) I'm just thinking about the moment where he like tries to kick him in the nuts and he just goes, oh, your poor wife. (laughs) That's like one of those like jokes where you're like, oh my God, I didn't even think to think to go there, but he did. Mm-hmm. yeah it goes there and I, I think that's just something beautiful about this movie is it just goes there and it goes yeah. for it uh but it does have a well thought out way of you know peppering in the comedy with the other stuff um and that whole middle section i know she's not in a ton of it but the whole stuff with vanessa is is heartbreaking but also very like heartwarming then when they do get together at the end like kind of seeing him go through that because I, I just I just love how they focus it on the love story because that is mm-hmm. kind of the through line. And, and the second movie, it is kind of about that, but it's not. Um, yeah. And this movie, it's really focused on the love scene, to uh, the love um, story. Oh my God, I'm blanking on words. It's late, guys. Um, <laughs> for the love story to keep it grounded and keep it focused and keep it moving along. Um, otherwise, I think it just becomes a movie about a guy just making a bunch of quips and jokes and you know just here and there and it doesn't really have yeah. consistency you know what i mean so yeah big fans of deadpool for sure big fans of deadpool yeah. do you have an lvm and an mvm for this yeah, movie I, I mean it's hard because it's hard to pick an lvm because there are not as many mutants you know we had this problem with uh the wolverine when we talked yeah. about last week yeah um i did pick colossus okay just because he is kind of a downer and he is kind of a stick up his ass, you know, has a stick up his ass. Like a stick in know. the mud. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was looking for. A stick up his ass. Uh, yeah, I was kind of right. He is kind of like a stick up someone's ass. Yeah. I mean, he is. He's, he's a stick up Deadpool's ass. You know, he's he's just kind of like a stickler. He's he's just all the sticks in the world. You know, he's just very stubborn. That, that's yeah. the right word. And uh, it's funny and it works for the comedy. But I think in terms of the gelling of the team, if we're going by like least valuable to the whole movie and the team, I do think you know, he sometimes can get in the way, but sure. you know, it's cool to see him kick ass in the final fight too. And and the final fight is good. Like you said, the action's really, really good. I mean, we start with that really cool slow-mo sequence and then we end with that really cool battle. Like the action just thinks it feels well thought out, uh, feels innovative and unique. Uh, so that was my LVP or LVM uh, for those listening. We do a least valuable mutant and a most valuable mutant every week. And Kelsey's so surprised by it. <laughs> Shocked, shocked to hear that um, it was Colossus. All right, Kelsey. Well, who is your LVM? Um, I said Negasonic Teenage Warhead, actually. Okay. Uh, just because I feel like she was really underutilized. Mm-hmm. You know, I do like the moment where he's like, you know, you you characters are all the same. Like you're either silent or you make like a sarcastic comment. So what's yeah. it gonna be? Like, are you gonna be silent or are you gonna make a sarcastic comment? And she just goes, "Well, you really got me in a box here." <laughs> 
<laughs> which I thought was like very really funny. And but during the epic battle, like I don't know, I just felt like she was super like underutilized. I think we only saw her use her powers like one time to yeah, like take out the the, the mm. girl, which like I thought was kind of lame because it looks like she looks like super powerful. And I I don't know exactly what her powers are, but it looks like she just like creates like energy and can just like blast people. And it's stuff, almost like so. a earth uh, like a firebender from Avatar almost. Yeah, right? almost. Yeah, exactly. And who is our MVP? I mean, is it Deadpool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sorry. I I mean, I'll, I'll spoil it again for for the second one too. He's my MVP for both, just because he is such a great character. And he does really, you know, just command every minute of screen time he's on. Like, there's really, it's hard to find a moment where you're not, you don't want to see him on the screen. And it's hard because even some movies, it's like even Logan has moments where, you know, he's off doing something and it's focused on Laura or it's focused on Professor X. But here it's like, I don't know how many frames he's not in in this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he just commands the whole thing. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I honestly, I while while you were talking at some point during this, I I did a quick Google because like I and I, I needed to know who the writers were because I was like mm-hmm. so sure that Ryan Reynolds was like took part in writing it and he's not credited as a writer, which like just commends his for his performance and the writers even more because he delivers all of it. I mean, I don't know how much of it is improv by him at all. You're but right. He didn't, he didn't write. He's not yeah. credited as a writer. He is on the second one though. So, and I he's a writer shows. on the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just needed to fact check that because I'm like, it's, it feels like he wrote the words that he's saying, which is just commendable to his talent, to the writing team, to, the, yeah. to Tim Miller, everyone. That's a good point. Like the writing team, I think they understand Ryan. Yeah. And if they understand the star so well, it's easier to write for the character. Like they really know sure. who they're writing it for. It almost has his voice in it. Um, yeah, it's a great point. What did you give this out of 10? I gave this a 9.5 out of 10. Oh, so you're tying it with Logan. You're you're all the way up there. Honestly, because because while I I was thinking back on it, and I just didn't think that the conflict of him just trying to find the guy who, like, made him look the way that he looks, like, from his, um, from, like, the mutation treatments, Mm -hmm. wasn't strong enough of a conflict for me. Like, this, this antagonist really wasn't interesting. I mean, I know they make the joke in the beginning that he's kind of, like, a run-of-the-mill villain anyway, but he just, like, really wasn't interesting. Like, yes, the torture scenes, like, really made me hate the guy and, like, want him to, like, go, like, uh, for Deadpool to go after him, but... I don't know. It just like it, the conflict itself fell kind of flat for me. The stakes didn't feel as high as they do in the second film. So I had to take off a half point just for that. It's interesting because I think I, I, for the same exact reasons, like, like we said, like they comment on the fact that it's cookie cutter, but they also comment on the fact that the movie itself is sometimes cookie cutter. It does follow very basic origin story beats. And I think because it's such a unique way of storytelling and in narration and casting and just the character itself and the R rating, I think it elevates the origin story. But at the end of the day, it is an origin story. And mm-hmm. I do think um, that does knock it down a little bit for me. So I gave it an eight out of 10. So I'm okay. like, I'm still high on it. Like it's still yeah. either my number two or three, you know, next to Logan, like for sure. Yeah. Um, so where, well, well, we'll get to the final ranking at the end then, right? Yeah. Yeah, where we'll put these two in. So now let's transition to number two, uh, a big old number two right there, Deadpool 2. 
Um, there are a lot of cuts of this film. Like we talked about last week, there is a Once Upon a Deadpool uh, where it's a PG-13 version and he's talking to Fred Savage who is tied down to a bed uh, a la Princess Bride except he's being held hostage as he reads him the story of a PG ver- P- PG-13 version of this movie. Uh, it's not as good because obviously without all the cursing and the gore, it's kind of pointless because uh, mm-hmm. that's the novelty of Deadpool. Um, right. And uh, there's also a super duper cut uh, out there on Blu-ray, which I've never seen, which is even longer. And this movie's already long as is. So mm. Kelsey, give us a little lowdown. All right. So Deadpool 2 came out in 2018. It was directed by David Leitch. Leech. I think Leitch. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that EI made the I sound. It can. And it probably but does. In, but not but in this case. I mean, he pronounces it Leech. Maybe he's been pronouncing it wrong all these years. Well, David Leech, Leech, <laughs> get your priorities straight. Here's my synopsis. After losing Vanessa, Wade Wilson loses his purpose in life and finds himself in jail with a young mutant named Russell. Wade must decide if he's going to help the boy or let his depression get the best of him. So, Kelsey, what I, I would love to hear your thoughts because okay. I do have... Uh, I have my own... It's, uh, criticisms of Deadpool 2. But okay. I want to hear from someone, because I've never heard your real thoughts on this movie. Um, sure. So, Kelsey, why don't you give us give us your lowdown and, and some of the stuff that stood out to you or didn't? So, I literally wrote down in my notes, I wrote down DP, DP1 versus DP2, and I compared the two like Great. from each other. I thought that DP1 had less drama and less serious moments. I mean, I guess him finding out that he had cancer and like going through those treatments were really like the most serious and the heaviest that we got with it. Um, th- Deadpool 2, I think, has more drama because he <laughs> loses Vanessa like in the first like 10 minutes of the film, which, you know, caught like ricochets the whole rest of the plot like the whole point of him moving on is just him avenging her death which is more interesting but also less interesting at the same time just because like that plot within itself is a cliche and i think that even though this like him losing her makes the stakes higher it is uh an origin story that we've seen before you know time and time again you know uh, avenging the death of of a family member or a significant other um and i just feel like at the end of the day this movie has so much going on it is so chaotic they've tried to jam in so much in like i i don't know what the runtime is of this movie but they try to it's it's long is it at least two hours yeah i can check while you're Still doing your little breakdown. Um, actually, I've got it right here. It is an hour nineteen. That seems more smaller than it was, but it says it's an hour fifty nine. But I feel like it was longer. Maybe the super duper cut is longer, but maybe you watch. Oh, that it's one. an Who hour fifty nine. Yeah, according so to so it is like two Wikipedia. hours. But yeah, it is two hours. Oh, okay, it's a good fifteen minutes at least longer than the first one. Yeah, uh, yeah. It just feels like there's a lot going on, and at the end of the day, I while I was you know, thinking about both of just like very like basic level things with these movies, like the plot, Mm -hmm. the characters, just think the conflict, things like that. I don't even know why they went after Vanessa. Was it just to hurt Deadpool? I I think these were, I think it was, I think they might've been after him and they just were shooting everyone in there. I think it might've been an accidental thing, or maybe it was just like, if whoever's there, his family, uh, kill him and his family or whatever. Who knows? It just seemed like very plot device. (laughs) 
unwarranted mm-hmm. almost yeah. like it's not like something happened in the last movie that where someone was like oh well you know what like now he betrayed me or like whatever so like i'm gonna go like fuck with him right. or, or something yeah. i do like how you have this like little breakdown and we'll continue your like breakdown of deadpool versus deadpool 2 but i do want to chime in because i think this is one of the main qualms i have with the movie is that the first one alone seemed a lot of he had vanessa he lost her and he's trying to get her back mm. but here it's he has vanessa he loses her, but then rather than him, you know, the whole premise of the story is not him trying to get her back. It's him trying to move past her. But I think when there's an actual tangible thing to, like, a, a tangible objective to actually get from it from them, rather than an emotional thing like getting away from something, I think it's mm-hmm. a much more impactful story and it kind of drives the stakes even more you know i I get it's a more dramatic moment but for me i think there was more drama in the first one because he had what he wanted he just couldn't get there yet Mm. and here it's like he doesn't have what he wanted it's almost about just like him and his own self-reflection which is important uh it's important for superheroes to deal with but i think we haven't seen enough of them as a couple you know he finally got the girl in the last one it almost feels like there should have been a second one and then maybe have this be the third one because now it's like, oh, yeah, he finally has the girl. And then the next one's like, and she's gone. And like, I get it might have been for shock value. It might have been, you know, t- to propel the story forward. But I do think that was such an amazing part of the first one. That was the reason why I love the first ones, because it wasn't just this comic fest. There was this actual real love story that I was so invested in. So, yeah, yeah it hurts yeah. a little to see her die in the beginning. But again, it doesn't feel as justified. Like it doesn't it feels like a plot device. It feels like a way to get the character in a different situation and find find a way to make this character go through things you know and you know even if she ends up in like a coma or she ends up hurt or she you know dodges a bullet but it you know but then she gets so scared that she runs away or something like there's something i think they could have done differently um to still have him go on a similar journey without having to kill her off and of course you know the post credits they do get her back but it's also the post credits you know if you walk out of the theater right after you know, movie ends, you don't even see that. It's like not right. You know, getting her back was never the whole objective of the movie. It's not like Avengers Endgame where the whole plot is based around this time travel and getting her back. It's not, it's just after all is said and done at the end, he does end up getting her back um, by going back in time and and saving her. So that's my first and like biggest qualm is just that they kind of stripped us from that love story and that beautiful romance uh, and, you kind of just made it a plot device Vanessa yeah. herself. So No, I agree. It kind of left me with the same feeling that I got when I watched the Gwen Stacy death in um uh Amazing the Spider-Man 2. 2. Yeah. Because they had, they had spent that movie, the, you know, first half of that movie not being together. You know, they they were broken up or they they had broke or they they maybe they started together, they broke up and they were in the midst of like getting back together and they were finally like in a better place in their relationship. And then she, he couldn't save her right, right. at the end and mm-hmm. her neck snapped and yeah. Oof, it was yeah. gross. So, also so, so big... sorry if you've never seen the amazing Spider-Man too, but I mean, Gwen if, says if he does seen, die. If you've never seen it. It's probably not the, the one to reel you in. You know, it's probably not the one you should see first. Yeah, um, no, there are much fair. better ones out there, but I, I actually hot take, and we might do an episode on hot takes. We've toyed around with it. But one of my Marvel hot takes is that I like the second one better than the first one. The second Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. better than the I first do. one? Yeah. I have to re-watch those to form an opinion you, like that. But and you know, one of the things is like that death, though, comes later in the movie. And I really do think it's a matter of starting the movie with this. It is a big shock. 
But again, the last movie kind of had the same thing where they are in love. And then a few minutes, 20 minutes in the movie, he has his cancer thing and he's away from her. And it's like, I lost her and I need her back. You know, it's just felt too copycat. Uh, but just sure. this time it was more permanent. So it didn't feel like there was anything to actually obtain. Uh, there was there was an objective, but there wasn't anything to attain at the end. There was no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It was just let's get over the rainbow and then whatever's next is next. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So so what is your other what are your other notes in terms of comparing the two? Because I, I like that. It's a good way to kind of transition between different aspects of the movie. Well, I'm looking down on my notes and I just see that I have a lot more questions. First mm-hmm. of all, the someone at some at some point says the term super soldier. So I mm-hmm. wanted to get your opinion, Dill, if you just think they were lit- like literally talking about a soldier who is just like super or if they were actually referring to super soldiers, like the ones that we've seen in Falcon and Winter Soldier, aka or, uh, I.E. Bucky. You know, yeah, I, I, I think it's the first one. I think it's just okay. kind of like a, a super, like you're a super person or you're a super friend. You know, yeah. like, it's an adjective more than like a, a thing, like a noun. Yeah. So. Okay. Um. Oh, why is it? okay? He references this person a lot to the X Men movies. He says pit. He's calling them pigeon wings. I didn't know who he was referring to when he's he was like he says pigeon wings like twice yeah. throughout the film, and I have no idea what X Men character he's referring to when he says that. That's a good point. I mean, I'm obviously you know paying attention, but also thinking you know like of the podcast when I'm watching these. So uh, some things slip by me, and I never really looked into this. Um, who's Pigeon Wings? Angel. Oh, he's referring to Angel. Yeah. Okay. Probably again another knock at the fact that X Men Three was bad. Yeah. Probably to look fun at that. So. So, Dill, here's what I want to get your opinion on most okay. of all because I cannot decide how I felt about this scene in the movie. The team up, the whole team up, just for all of the characters to be killed off, except think, for Domino. I think the one of my okay, my biggest issue with this movie is that it tries to make other characters just as important as Deadpool. And in this series, in this franchise, when you have a character as polarizing as Deadpool, this is not like a Logan where like Laura can be the star of Logan. This is a movie, Deadpool should be your star. He's He is the star. It's Brian Reynolds' movie. So the fact that they try to bring in so many characters, and we'll get to the kid in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> the fact that they have uh, all these people they're adding to the team only to kill them all off and to make Domino the survivor. They're obviously trying to set up Domino, give her some sort of powerful story. But I think it's one of those things where it says like, ha we're so cookie cutter. Look, we have a team up and then look, we're going to subvert your expectations and just kill everyone off. Yeah. It, it just seems kind of like what you said earlier. They're just packing too much in. I just wanted to, you know, this is probably just me being selfish, but I feel like Deadpool can just stand on his own. Yeah, you don't need to give him a team, and and if you're gonna give him a team, do what you did in the last one, where you have a few friends come join him at the end battle. But it's really him, and there's a few the the two other people with him are just kind of taking care of everyone else. But yeah. it's him in the main building. It was the two of them. Here, it's like you know you set up this team up, and it's like okay, is this the direction they're going with Deadpool? Okay, maybe I'm interested in it. And it's like no, we're not gonna buy into that cliche. We're gonna kill everyone off. But by doing that, it's like you almost were kind of going in a more interesting direction, but then you stripped it away. But then you're also trying to now make Domino this huge, important character. But then now where does Deadpool fit in? It's, it's really weird. I wish they had almost made an X-Force movie without Deadpool. 
Mm. Because you okay. know, I think you could do a really cool domino movie. You can do stuff with like the invisible guy played by Brad Pitt who <laughs> gets electrocuted. Um you know that that was you. Brad Pitt played Brad like Pitt. the invisible guy? The uh, Vanisher? Yeah, what's his name? Vanisher. That's what it is. Yep. I had no idea. So again, like there are funny moments, but I feel like it was just for the laugh. Like, yeah, I wasn't a little force. The idea. I didn't have like the idea of the whole team up thing, but if you're going to go for the team up thing, go for it. But then mm-hmm. it was like, we're going for it and we're not. And it was like, just kind of, we're doing it for the laugh. And yeah. again, he's so funny on his own that you don't need to go for the laugh with every little thing. You can right. still progress the story and like have him take care of the laughs, you know? I just felt like they're reaching for too many laughs. And this is what I kind of said with the first one, not the second one, is that the first one, it seemed like all the jokes, they really figured out which jokes worked perfectly and which ones they wanted to use. Whereas this one, it was like, we're throwing it all at the screen. We are not editing any jokes out. It was like, you have an idea, great. You have an idea, great. You have an idea, great. And they're all in the script and they all make the movie. And I think sometimes you can have too much of a good thing. And I think for Deadpool himself, his stuff's great. But it's all the other comedy where they just try to just overload it with it, where ends up becoming a bit more of a shtick than before than the first one because they're just loading up so much comedy Um, right no yeah i agree and and, and i think that is one of the reasons why it suffers it's you know trying to add just too much to it and trying to play every moment for laughs like peter and you know it's a funny moment but it's like you know you could have just had domino like that moment is great for the first time but then it's like did it really need to happen did this whole team up thing because i get mm. you're making a commentary on like the avengers and x-men and how everything's a team up movie now so we have to be a team up movie too and then it's like no we're not we're subverting expectations and it's just like okay you know yeah. I, I just didn't have much of a feeling behind it. It, it, it you know i wasn't a huge fan no yeah i agree my and other then, yeah. sorry do you i was just gonna talk about the kid uh because oh sure think... give me your thoughts on russell that's his name i was trying to look it up thank you I think it is the most infuriating character in comic book movie history. Okay. <laughs> I I get what they were trying to say. They were trying to say like, you know, you can use your powers for good, not for evil. But like, we've seen that in a lot of these X-Men movies. A lot of characters have the same thing where it's like, no, you can like, you know, censor it and, and make it, you put your power toward good, go, you know go the path the light path not the dark path like yeah it's not a new idea of like this whole like bad guy and even deadpool himself is is that character i feel like deadpool alone is kind of the character where it's like colossus is trying to say like you can be a hero and he's like (laughs) no i can't dude and it's like you know why do you need this other character now and i wouldn't hate his character as much if they did not try to make him the main character and there are some scenes where they are trying so hard like they're making it all about him and it's like again it's this is a deadpool movie mm. there's so many other movies you if you put him in an x-men movie give him his own arc give him moments great but in a deadpool movie it's like the only other person besides deadpool who should get like as much screen time as like the star of the scene is maybe cable because he's the main villain it's played by a star and he's a better villain than the first one and we'll get to cable he's a great villain i love him but you know, it's just like we came here to see Deadpool, and like if the other characters are good, like Domino, she was interesting enough, but like this kid, I just found him annoying. You know, yeah. I didn't relate to him, I didn't like him, and they tried so hard to make him a main character, and like just I feel like they were trying too much to make him the star of some scenes and make you sure. almost love him, but I 
didn't get any reason to. I, I, what are your thoughts? Because I'm very yeah. curious. Because I, I did not like him at all. They didn't give him much redemption. Like there was no moment for us to be like, oh, okay, I get it. Like the only reason why Deadpool was like trying to save him the whole time was because like him and Vanessa ha- were just talking about having children before she died. So he was trying to like see this kid as his like, you know, kind of almost be Russell's father figure in a way and like be like, I'm going to do right by this kid because I know that's what Vanessa wanted me to do kind of thing. Yeah, but, but again, there's just not as much of a connection between them. Like it's not like, a no, Laura I know. No, a hundred percent. I'm, I'm just saying, I think this is what they were trying to do. Yeah. My other issue with this film was his, the, his death scene, right? Or like his did's like quote unquote death where he where he blows up or the end where he's like dying no, back like to life, the dying. No, yes that one yeah, dying okay, back yeah. to life dying back to life not not when he blows up because he comes because thank you for bringing that up because he comes back from being blown up somehow colossal like drags him to the school um and he comes back from literally being ripped in half by juggernaut is he's literally ripped in half we'll get there in but a, then a little this, bit this one bullet that cable fires at the kid that he gets in his chest is enough to take him out is enough to kill him. I'm wondering, I'm, I'm wondering if I missed the detail, if it's the bullet itself is almost like a kryptonite type thing where it will kill you or like an adamantium bullet with X-Men like with, with a uh, Logan. Okay, Sorry. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Maybe that, or maybe it's like, if he does get struck in the heart, he will die. Like that's the only place where he's vulnerable. Maybe it's a parallel to the fact that like his heart is already broken because of, vanessa and now it's like now it's a bullet to the heart that's already been broken i don't know um and that that's just my poor research and my my uh failure to like actually just know the information again we're not experts on x-men so yeah um, maybe know, maybe, but, maybe but you're that's right a good point. you're a good point like it, it's almost like the logan thing where it's like wait now he's able to die but at least in logan it's like kind of just from the start he's, they're like listen he's dying accept yeah. it and move forward here it's like yeah. this whole movie he's been dodging death and now all of a sudden he's dying so i yeah. get what you're saying and just uh, as a uh, whatever it was just joke, a, it was just was a little, little too long yeah. thank you thank you <laughs> yeah. you took it out right out of my mouth i didn't know how else to say it yeah. but and, yeah it was just and, a hair too long this scene i think it's back to what i said where they have so many jokes and i think they didn't have anyone to say let's take that one out or let's edit that one out or let's put a, let's not do that joke or let's do this. I think the first one did a better job at that. Maybe it's because as much as we love him, Ryan Reynolds was a writer on this one. Maybe they did, you know, he did have a little too much input and they didn't have that harness. I'd rather too much comedy than not enough. You know, X-Men origins was terrible, but there's a point where it's like almost a little too much. And like some of it's just like, they should have been able to pick or choose. And I think this could have used one more rewrite of the script, one more revision just to kind of iron out those, you know, hiccups because I do think a lot of this movie works. And I know we've been harping on like what we don't like about it, but I I think we should talk about what works. And I think like I alluded earlier, I think Cable's storyline is really strong in this. I think he's a really good villain where he's got this backstory, but you don't necessarily need the whole thing. You know, you kind of get little bits here and there of his backstory. Um, 
and it does kind of justify Russell's character a little bit more. But um, because of that, also, I think that adds to Russell being a more unlikable character because you know that he hurts Cable. And as much as he is this evil guy, you know, Josh Brolin's so good in the role that you almost are kind of like, oh, that sucks. You lost your family. You know, Mm. it's almost like this misunderstood thing where it's like, oh, there's some redemption for you. Um, And I do like how he kind of becomes part of the team. Um, In terms of the comedy, like I said, not all of it sticks, but this does have my favorite joke of all of the X-Men movies, superhero movies, anything. And it's the, the full Winnie the Pooh. Oh yeah. 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 That is the hardest I've ever laughed at a superhero movie. And it's just so good. That's great. Um, Listen, I think I would appreciate cable better if it weren't Josh Brolin, because I can't not hear his voice and I not hear Thanos, you know, and that's just more my problem than it is like Josh oh, Brolin's problem I, I or Cable's you, issue. I, in the theater, when I saw this in the theater, there were kids behind me going, it's Thanos. And I just was like, yeah, it is. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. He's so good at the villain and that's why he is this role. But it's like, yeah, I, I also think it's coming out the same year as Avengers Infinity War didn't help it because they both came out in 2018. It's like it came out months after. He did Avengers Infinity War in April and this came out in like July. Okay, so, that who 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 let that happen? And and the thing is that's where you make the joke and they didn't make a joke about it. So mm, Yeah. And and it's not even that just like Josh Brolin just like will always just be like Thanos in my head. Like it's not even Josh Brolin's voice. That's the voice of Thanos. They kind of give him like the same I mean, not really the same at all, but it's like, you know, going back in time and like avenging like his family, you know, shows up in a cloud of like, yeah, Yeah. it just felt all too familiar. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. Uh, Like I said, I think the villain is my main thing is the actual way it's written. And Mm -hmm. I get how you said, I think if it had a different performer, as much as we love Josh Brolin or it came out before Infinity War with the same writing of the villain, I think it'd be really, really effective. Yeah. Um, for because sure. he is a good villain. And again, Marina Beckerin is so good as Vanessa. We don't get mm-hmm. a lot of her, but her moments are good. Like mm-hmm. when he is able to talk to her in heaven and like they have that moment or whatever, those are nice. Uh, and you get to see Ryan Reynolds without the makeup because it's nice sometimes to see him just acting as him. So, um, yeah, like I said, it has moments, but I do think this is one of those movies where they tried too hard for some laughs the team up stuff they it's way too long and i think that's because they put too many jokes in and i didn't like what they did with the love interest and kind of taking that whole aspect of the first movie away um one thing i do love and the reason i knew his last name is because david leach is a stunt coordinator he was a stunt coordinator first for a lot of movies a lot of famous movies Mm. um he was the stunt guy for and then he finally started directing with the john wick movies and then he directed deadpool too so he made the transition from stunt coordinator to director. And I think that's a really interesting transition because you can see this action, I think is much improved mm. over the first one. I think the action itself is really, really cool in this one. Like mm-hmm. it's just choreographed well, stylistically cool. They use good elements of gore with them. Like I think the action is is solid. And I think that's, that's a prop to David Leach and his ability to, you know, bring that expertise of the stunt world into this world. Um, especially with Ryan Reynolds, who is, so charismatic already to have Deadpool then be able to do all that cool action shit only makes him a cooler character himself. Um, yeah. yeah. So 
Another thing that I really enjoyed about these movies was, um, you know me, I'm all about the music, the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. The soundtracks are dope. Especially the second one, especially. I I uh, I really like the soundtrack in this movie. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, you're a big soundtrack person. I mean, look behind you, all the groots, you know. <laughs> look, I my cassette, my awesome mix volume one back here. So, yeah. so we're, we're uh, big soundtrack people, and, and yeah, again, this movie does a lot right, but it's. Uh, I, I don't think it's clearly even... inferior to the first one. Yeah, I, I think it's almost they take too much. They, they almost relish too much in the first one. Mm. And they went almost a little overboard because of how successful the first one is. It's almost like, well, let's do more and more and more. Yeah, and, yeah, know, yeah. I am interested, though, to see a sequel to this, because now that he will be owned by Disney, um, he will. And they said they're keeping it R rated. So I'm I'm interested to see how they will use him as kind of that first uh introduction to the x-men in this disney mcu universe and maybe they'll make him the way they explain like so we had to recast this and so the deal didn't go through because new mutants and dark phoenix sank the sank the studio and and disney bought us and and now we're here uh we're not censoring anything you fucks you know like like i'd love to hear him just like kind of like do a whole monologue and then like just (laughs) drop an f-bomb be like you're disney now we're we're taking over disney with our f-bombs now yeah 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 um Gotta yeah. say, loved the Ryan Reynolds impression, Bill. It was not great, but you know, I tried. You did try. You gave it your all, so you have to. Res- my, I have to respect you for it. My roommates today were talking in French accents. They were doing a little bit of the Steve Martin Pink Panther Jacques Cousteau stuff, and I was trying. Oh, yeah. And every time I tried, it went to Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, Russian. It was always like, you know. Yeah, that's a funny joke, man. Like, <laughs> hey, that's a pretty good Arnold Schwarzenegger, though. Like, he sings up and I pulled some down, you know, like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, voice yeah. Crack. Uh, I'll have a better Arnold impression next time. I promise. I mean, I got to live up to your Taika Waititi, a Korg standard, you know, cause you've got that voice nailed. So, um, oh, thank you. Yeah. Any, any more thoughts on Deadpool too? I mean, I w- did you talk at all about, uh, yeah, we did talk about Russell. Um, we talked course. about Russell. We talked about cable. Um, I think we, before we like talk about LVMs and MVMs, I think we do have to mention the, um, uh hey big guy the sun's getting real low reference um lots of references to this one obviously there's he's literally at the school in the the first like uh uh first act of this movie but there are much more uh references to the avengers as well in this one Uh, i don't know what changed between the first one and the second one but they did not shy away because at some point uh domino was in the room and and he said like something he was like enough out of you black black widow like something like that and yeah Um, yeah. and and the moment where he opens the door and the whole x-men cast is yes yes and it's the younger cast and, and you know what's funny about it is the fact that in the first movie they could not afford to have any more in there but now the second movie, because the first one made so much money, yep, yep, they were yep. able then to get the cameos. You know, they were able to get even Hugh Jackman in the last bit because they refilmed that scene from yes. X-Men Origin. Yes, they did. And, you know, yes, I don't know sir. If they I don't know if they refilmed it or or just used the digital copy and like altered it visual effects wise. But they again, Hugh appears in every movie in this franchise to some extent. Even the last one, they, he's the face on the on the poster when he pulls off the mask. Yep. You know? Yep. And there's like a People magazine of him, like Sexiest yeah. Man Alive. Yeah, I think it's the same cutout that he uses for his face <laughs> when he staples it. And oh god, those staples! Oh yeah, yep. I mean, again, the, the makeup's so good. Um, and, yeah. and then the second one, you have, it opens with you Logan just spinning around on like a little toy. Yes, like, oh, yes, yes. Music box, he's uh, like with his, he's impaled. Yep. 
Yeah, it was, and it's, it's funny because I, when for first watching these movies way back, I had only seen the Deadpool's Logan and for some reason X three. And I told you I was like, watch Deadpool two after Logan because yes, yes, they you did. Spoiled the shit out of Logan in the beginning. That's why we did this this show. That's why we did these movies after the Wolverine trilogy because they spoil everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad um, I took you up on that advice yeah it's really good to see that like you know poking fun at the, the other properties i wish it was more of that i wish that was the stuff that they carried over the most from the first one yeah uh, making it just more about him because he is the star he doesn't need all the rest um and the additional characters some are good but again like when you have russell and it's like they tried so hard he's the lvp just uh, fyi spoiler alert he's my lvp okay just cool. like just because it's like when you try so hard to add all these characters and then one of them isn't great, but then you try so hard to make him like this heroic character. And I get like the point of them trying to give him that redemption. It's just, I didn't, I didn't feel connected to the character at all. So transitioning to LVP, that was my LVP. And as I said earlier, Deadpool is just my MVP uh, every time just because. <laughs> cool. I differ with you on, on both of them a little bit. Oh, I can't wait to hear so my LVM, unfortunately, is yet again Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Because oh. even though she had more to do in this film, and they do have that great moment where she's like, oh, this is like Yu-Gi-Oh! And, and uh, uh, Deadpool is like, um, what the shit is this? And he and she's like, that's my girlfriend, you intolerant shit. And, she, and he goes, whoa, whoa, pump the hate, hate uh, train, Fox and Friends. I'm just I'm surprised that anyone would ever date you, especially like My Little Pony over here, you know which is a funny? very... Very good bit. Last week you were saying you wanted more Yukio. You got it. So I wrote <laughs> that down. Literally, my first note was Yukio, as in like Yukio, Yukio. Is I that like? I think it's supposed to be not from the necessarily the same time. I just think it's like it's the same character. Because Yukio is a character in the comics, so like that yeah. is Yukio. It's the one who can see when you die and shit. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Um, whether or not they were trying to keep the continuity from the Wolverine. I mean, these movies are so separate from the continuity that it's like yeah. It, it may as well not be. Um, and they probably, you know, wanted, you know, someone fresh just because they didn't want to like connect those dots and have to explain that. But I, <laughs> I, I mean, first off, first LGBT couple in a Marvel film and maybe a superhero film, definitely a Marvel film. So yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. And he, even though Good we've had for characters. Negasonic teenage warhead. She deserves though had, happiness. You know, we've had characters come and go in, in the MCU, like Joe Russo in <laughs> Endgame, who is also gay we don't see the actual couple and romance between two superheroes uh, right. in a homosexual relationship until then although there is a deadpool, deadpool comic i think with him and spider-man there's some sort of fan fiction thing where they get together and actually the ryan reynolds and andrew garfield at the golden globes a few years ago as a joke started making out during one of the awards <laughs> i will i will what? send you that clip after this and and if you know i'll, I'll put the clip in here for any of you visual uh, watchers so if you're listening on audio go to the youtube um to, to watch this broadcast because you will find it here um right now and that played right there um so yeah kelsey i sent that to you after the show so you will have seen it by the time this airs i remember uh, that happening and i remember yeah. like andrew garfield being on like stephen colbert and him being like why are you guys just kissing in the background and i think because they like made some sort of bet about something i forget like the context of the kiss but i do remember them kissing for sure yeah. um uh there's yeah in the main continuity deadpool and spider-man have a love-hate relationship i'm trying to look at what that was a playoff of um 
But anyway, once again, in the final battle, I just think that she's underutilized and it looks like she has some pretty epic powers. And I just like wanted to see more of her. It was literally once again, you saw one shot of her using it and then she was like forgotten about. So I did. I did find info on the Spider-Man Deadpool thing. Um, Okay. Their homoerotic friendship has been alluded to many times in the Marvel Universe and the huge fan culture surrounding the two characters led to their own spinoff comic series in 2016 called Spider-Man slash Deadpool, a reference to the Spidey pool ship. Whilst Deadpool is pansexual in canon, comic book canon, and has Spider-Man listed on the free pass list he agreed to with his wife. Um, Spider-Man doesn't exactly return his feelings. In the episode Ultimate Deadpool of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon series, for example, Spider-Man is repeatedly frustrated and angered by the antics of Deadpool. Despite this, most people regard the two as tentative friends. So I guess it's kind of like a fandom ship that people made just off wing and the two actors committed to it at the Golden Globes just to be like, haha, fans, we hear you. Um, So Interesting. Love is love. My uh, MVM is Domino. Yeah, I figured. I, I It sounded like you liked her, which is why I saved the conversation about her for later. Yeah, uh, I liked her a lot. Domino. And I think that her power is just like super cool mm-hmm. and like so useful to the point where I was watching her. I was like, I'm so jealous because I consider myself a very unlucky person. Like I don't bring upon most of the bad things that happen to me. I just feel like the universe just sees me when I'm doing really good and is like, decides to humble me randomly and then just like accidents happen and I can't explain (laughs) it. So I just feel like such an unlucky person a lot. So I'm watching her and I'm like, Oh, that is a superpower from here on out. I'm no longer saying like invisibility or teleportation or any of the mainstream superpowers. I am saying the superpower of being lucky because Mm -hmm. she, you can get away with anything right at the end. You know, they're trying to get the collar off of him to save his life. And she's like, I don't know, seven, and he's like, it's gonna, not just going to be one number. Oh, my God. It was literally just seven. Like, yeah. wow. And I think I'm, what's good about her, too, is they don't try too hard to make her, you know, to upstage Deadpool with her. You know, they yeah. really try for the Cable stuff and the Russell stuff. The Cable stuff, I think, works more. The Russell stuff doesn't. I think her stuff, they know exactly how far to take her character and, and what to give her. Uh, and I think she works really well as a supporting member of the crew. Like, I really do like her character a lot. And Zazie Beetz is awesome in the role. Great, great acting and performance. Um, yeah. I would love to see a Domino Valkyrie team up if they ever combine universes. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh my god! And maybe even like give like I don't I don't know. There are endless possibilities. Um, you know, of like, different characters I'm... who could show up. Like maybe maybe add maybe Shuri to the mix as like the tech girl. I don't know. It'd be cool team ups. Whoa. I'm like, you're putting together a whole like femme, femme fatale team up right now. And I love it. Yeah, you can even have Sue Storm, and that's how you introduce the Fantastic Four. What if the Fantastic Four is just four ladies and it's not even the usual four Fantastic Four that we know and love? Who knows? Because so far, those movies have not been good. So hopefully, Disney has better plans for it. Um, So, Deadpool 2. I've alluded to the fact that I like it, but I do think it's very flawed in some areas. So I give it a six out of 10. I know it's a little low. I know it's pretty low, but I really just think it's like, if we're looking at five, if five is like the five and six, if six is like average. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I think it's there. I don't think it's a five because five to me is like getting into like the below average yikes zone. That's where I put last stand, but I put it along the lines of maybe like the first X-Men where it's like good, but it has some flaws to me. Um, I know it's surprising, but I think the first um, one just did 
such a good job that this one just felt a little underwhelming to me but sure okay um controversial i know that makes me feel weird about the score i gave it um i gave it a nine out of ten that and that's fine yeah (laughs) like we said there are movies this this i feel like me and you have wolverine and deadpool 2 opposites otherwise we've pretty much agreed on everything yeah but for me it's like wolverine appealed to me more and Deadpool 2 didn't, whereas it feels like you, Deadpool 2, really appealed to you and Wolverine didn't. So I think it's one of those cases where it's just personal tastes and how flawed, how, how much the flaws drag it down versus how much are we willing to forgive. And I think you're willing to forgive it more than I'm willing to and vice versa. So Yeah. Yeah. So now we have to figure out where to rank it. So you do put Deadpool above Deadpool 2. Yes. Yeah, okay. for sure. And I think because sure. you put it at 9.5 and I put it at an 8, I think that puts it at number two above Days of Future Past. Is that correct? Hold on. I have to look at my notes. <laughs> I have. I actually wrote down the ranking because now it's getting longer, so I need to uh, um, keep track. Okay. I'm not updated with where we put Wolverine and, and the Wolverine series. I only have Apocalypse, Last Stand, X-Men, X2, First Class, Days of Future Past from worst to best. Um. So okay, where... so we put we put Wolverine Origins at the very bottom. Okay. Then we had Apocalypse. Then we had uh, Last Stand. Uh huh. Then it was X Men. Uh huh. Then I believe it was X Two. Uh huh. Then it was Wolverine. Okay. Then it was First Class. Okay. Then Days of Future Past. Uh huh. And then Logan. So I think. Okay. Because you had it higher than Days of Future Past, and I have it about even with like Wolverine and Days of Future Past at like an eight out of ten, I think that is our number two. I think that's where it sits right now. Um, what do you think? Which one? Which movie we're talking about? This is the first Deadpool. Oh, I, where are we putting it? On <laughs> saying, underneath Logan? I think so because yeah. you're you're okay. Cool. And now the second one, it'll be interesting because yeah. I have it at a six. And I don't think it should be that low because I know you like it a lot more, uh, even love it. You know, it's a nine out of ten. So it's above all the movies for you except for Deadpool and Logan. Is that correct? Judging by what your scores have been. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Let's, let's start with where... Um, so it's above X-Men because even though we had it at a six, you had Deadpool 2 higher. It's higher than... We'll put it higher than X2 higher than the Wolverine. Does it go higher than first class? Cause no. I know you don't love. Okay, cool. And, and it's kind of fitting because uh, the Wolverine and Deadpool two are the two we're kind of most split on. So they're kind of right next to each other. Um, okay, cool. So our updated ranking from the bottom to the top, I believe this is now uh, 11 movies in because we got two more at number 11. Right now we have X-Men origins, Wolverine at number 10, we have X-Men apocalypse and number nine, we have X-Men the last stand. At number eight, we have X-Men. At number seven, we have X2. At number six, we have The Wolverine. At number five, we have Deadpool 2. At number four, we have X-Men First Class. At number three, we have Days of Future Past. At number two, we have Deadpool. And at number one, we have Logan. Still, and I don't see it changing next week. (laughs) I don't see it changing at all. Yeah. Um, So this top three, I think, is is staying pretty firm. Logan, uh, Deadpool, and Days of Future Past, I think, is our solid three that we all, that both of us agreed on. Uh, and then the next few are kind of the ones that we disputed a little bit, but um, solid list so far. We have two more left, and that is next week. Uh, so, Kelsey, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we're talking about um, X-Men Dark Phoenix. 
I think it might just be called Dark Phoenix. I made that. I up. think it's I think it's X Men Dark Phoenix. I think it is. Okay, because it is part of the X Men um, look beginnings trilogy. It's with that cast, but oh, it is just Dark Phoenix. You're completely right. Okay, great. Dark Phoenix. Released, it was released on Blu-ray as X Men Dark Phoenix. So who knows what it is on HBO or whatever, but. We'll say Dark Phoenix. And we're also talking about the New Mutants. The New Mutants I've never seen. Me neither. I've not seen either of these. So it'll so, be interesting yeah. uh, to talk about uh, you know, how they fall. Uh, we may have to be figuring out where they belong, maybe on the bottom, because they were not very critically well-reviewed. And they kind of are the movies that Fox left you know, the whole series with. You know, they, they did not succeed. They got bought by Disney. You know, they were just kind of the last two movies that they had to release on the way out. Um, they're often regarded as two of the worst, but you know, we're our own people and we may feel differently. Uh, so far, I think we've been pretty much in line with, you know, what the public perception thinks, maybe give or take a few spots. Uh, you know, I know I'm much more of a Wolverine fanboy than some others, uh, the movie with a Wolverine, not the mm. character. Cause everyone loves the character. Um, yeah. So that would be exciting. So there'll be the, I guess we'll call it the two movies that sunk the franchise. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I don't know if they sunk it. I think it might've been sunk already, but uh, I don't know the two final Fox films. I, I don't really know. <laughs> two final Fox films. I love that yeah, alliteration. Rolls off the tongue well. Um, cool. So that'll be next week. Uh, Kelsey, thank you so much for talking Deadpool with me. Where can they find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram at Kelsey A Kilpatrick. You can find me on TikTok at uh, Cause Thirteen, and you can find me on YouTube at Cause Productions. Dylan's making me laugh on video. I'm, I'm doing my little head thing. I mean, my roommates love it. Little, I'm like, tired. Let's wrap this up. Sorry, sorry. I'm Dylan. You can find me at Twitter <laughs> at Dylan underscore So You can find me at TikTok at Dylan Randazzo four one seven. You can find me at the Dill Pickle Movie Network. If you're watching us here on YouTube, thank you. Uh, go subscribe. Listen to us on audio because we have been getting a lot of great audio listenership. And if you're an audio listenership, we've been getting a lot of you guys listening to us head over to YouTube and look at our beautiful faces, or at least hers. Mine's okay. Um, but yeah, please come to the stream and, and watch us because we're here every Monday. Uh, we we are staying up very late at night to record this for you on a Monday morning to wake up to, uh, wake up with your morning cup of coffee, you know, put on a little bit of Deadpool in the background, you know, laugh along, uh, the full Winnie the Pooh, if you will. Thank you guys so much for watching. Kelsey, good night, sleep tight. Everyone else, happy Monday morning. Have a good rest of your day. Peace.